Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. And I'm Tom Scholey, author of Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics and Fantastic Four Grand Design. We're going to be looking at Al Williamson and Archie Goodwin's um, success story from this creepy magazine. This is a reprint. But before we do, I want to invite everybody at home to like, follow, and subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Hit that bell icon. It'll notify you when we post new videos. And then you can be the first one in line trying to track down a... Uh, creepy reprint of this story or maybe you'll track down the original but either way it'll get you ahead of the uh, other people that are looking for this stuff known as the kayfabe effect we show a video and sometimes those books get scarce or they go up in value so you want to be the first one in line for that and let the videos play through to the end that helps youtube's algorithm share our videos with other comics fans that haven't found cartoonist kayfabe yet it's how we grow this channel we thank you for your help on that on our way to uh six million subscribers <laughs> you're laughing at <laughs> i'm but, delighted uh, <laughs> we've had this story pop up in different places uh, for different reasons in the past and so i thought it'd be a good chance to kind of like take a look at the success story on the channel it's kind of uh there's some interesting things that we'll get into with that but first i'd say this is a reprint that features all al williamson stories nice. so it's kind of cool when i was looking for a uh, a good source for this story it was kind of neat to find this and they're reprinted there's a little bit of a bio of Al Williamson, professional bio, and these stories are reprinted in order, which is kind of neat. So very nice reprints too. You know, this is line art as opposed to the washes that we see in some of the eerie and creepy stories. And the line work is just crisp and beautiful. Yeah. You know, I'm excited to, uh, to see this story at this scale, because I would say, I would say that, uh, you know, Thrill Kill, probably one of the, mo the Neil Adams story, probably one of the most effective uh, Warren horror stories in their entire bibliography. To me, this is one of the most famous horror stories and, and probably my favorite. Like, the effectiveness doesn't make it my favorite story, Thrill Kill, right? It's a dark fucking story. But this is like, this is my favorite stuff. This is like how the Academy Awards nominate movies about other, that about movies that make That's movies right. and mm -hmm. shit like that. Uh, a good cartoonist tale in horror. Uh, it's, it's some of the stuff that I loved about EC. When you would see the the EC offices with Al Feldstein and Gaines running around, there, my favorite episode of the Tales from the Crypt HBO show was the one with uh, Harry Anderson, where he plays the cartoonist from the EC offices, and everything he draws comes to life. I just love that stuff, man. And uh, pointed it out a lot of times, man, before. But comics by Les Daniels was my bible uh, early on and hipped me to a whole wider world of comics beyond the stuff that I was getting at at the Shop and Save Spinner Racks. So this is how I've always read it. You know, it's a six-pager, and we're looking at it in, like, tabloid size or something, like a piece of eight and a half by 11 paper uh, folded in half, basically. The line art is, isn't isn't the crispest. Uh, the nice big lettering makes it easily readable, uh, but I can't... I'm, I'm very excited to see it at this level. Well, you know, I mean, that's how I encountered this story, too. And it um, the the Al Williamson art looks extra tight. It's like this guy's superhuman because you're shrinking it a little bit more. So it's like, man, all this detail, like it's detailed to begin with. So, yeah, it's like it's like a refined version of it. One of the things I noted whenever I whenever I was reading it is the lettering's bigger than, say, some of the Marvel comics from this time period. Yeah. And it made me think like. Oh yeah, this is a slightly more mature audience. Give us a little bigger lettering for our, <laughs> our tired old eyes. Um, but it is my, you know, 
I think this came up in the Eisner Miller, one of the chapters yeah. we were talking about, uh -huh. and uh, there was some reference to this being maybe Bob Kane that we're hearing about here. You know, yeah, Al Cap. That, I mean, that's that's the thing I'd always thought of, but then reading it again, seeing this Al Williamson art was making me think, oh, it's Alex Raymond. You know, just just because you're seeing this like Alex Raymond style, and like this is like uh, maybe not all the stuff with the assistants, I don't know, but this is like Alex Raymond's lifestyle. Like back then, like if you had a comic strip. It's you. You did like live in the lap of luxury. This isn't like an exaggeration right. or anything. Yeah, this this is a uh, yeah. The comic strip guys. If you owned that comic strip, you were you were doing well. If it was a successful strip, and of course Al Williamson uh, did several comic strips, so has some real reference to this. Highly inspired by the works of Alex Raymond, uh, the the Nightingale photorealistic cartoonists that that came before him that's the other piece that attracts me is al williamson one of the great we yeah. i often say the greatest inker to ever work <laughs> in comics but i mean just one of the great illustrator cartoonists and i mean this is him i think it is apex this yeah. time period you know as great as he is in those early days in ec like he's a kid you know like this is really him at the height of his powers in a lot of ways and some of the marks like the folds in the clothing and stuff, they're masterful. Remind me a little bit of Bernie Krigstein. Mm. You know, it's just really sharp stuff, has a variety of lines that we're gonna see as we go along. And uh, this is a story about a cartoonist, super successful, Baldo. And this is the uh, head of the syndicate here visiting and looking for, uh, maybe get a sketch for my kid, he'll love that. Baldo Smudge is the name. <laughs> We start at the docks with uh, these these goals, like climbing yeah. up out of the water, up out of the river, and uh, cut to Baldo's studio. So here's the thing, though, like like the way this reads to me uh, is like this could be like one of the yes. strips. Like mm, that's interesting because it, because it immediately cuts to you know the guy praising him. Like what a phenomenal comic strip. So just imagining that you know that is one of one of the the famous Baldo strips and and. and uh, here he is doing the job that he can do. I think this is also catharsis for for the creatives involved because Al Williamson. One of the things is using that old tradition of of the the Raymond school and the photorealistic school is big reference user, and uh, you you see it throughout, no doubt, man. Probably just like lifting photos with these establishing shots shots of uh, cityscapes and stuff. Uh, if you those EC hardcovers that you see behind us when we're doing shoot interviews and things, you could look through those and there are a smattering of the photos that he would like have used at that time where none of this stuff is faked. And to me, that was an incredibly liberating thing to discover because imagining that you have to like come up with all of this out of your head, yeah. Yeah, that's impossible. Yeah, right. Um, I always love seeing like the artist set up to in any of these drawings, you get to kind of like dissect tools and stuff. I've never used one of these round like like brush and pen, yeah. pen holders, but I see those a lot. Um, yeah, you see the paper all cut out and ready to go. Ready to go. Reference libraries of books everywhere, a radio to pass the mm -hmm. time. And man, when I look at this, it's like this L shape. You never need to get out of that chair. Like th this can be six <laughs> six hours of uh, not moving, like yes, super unhealthy. I mean, that's literally what I what I have set up. And I even have that exact uh, swing arm. It's it's like, uh, it's it's fun stuff for sure. Seeing seeing the setup. Klaus uses this technique where he has the drawing table, but then a separate lap yes. board to do his um, his his panel border rolling and, and lettering guides. Yeah, I've seen. I, I see a lot of artists that use some version of that. I can remember seeing like um, Ed, Ed Cam Eddie Campbell sitting like in a small apartment you know early days of cartooning and just the lap board on his knees like sitting on the floor and stuff so yeah kind of kind of cool 
this this is a super tight story and you notice like the horror elements are minimal it's really it's really just bookends there's not like a middle section where it's like okay and now here's where the ghouls are you know yeah this is this is auto bio horror the horror <laughs> is you're you're being one of the assistants and you know the story here is baldo basically hires different people to write the strip to pencil the strip and to ink the strip and tries to keep them all separate yeah. so that they think they're just you know, helping out on the penciling this this for this storyline or whatever. He gives it a go, and the syndicate heads are like, this will not do. Uh, it's probably my first introduction of Unreliable Narrator, where the caption is not what happens really in uh, the panels. Like, the captions are his conversation with the syndicate head. I, I love this right here. Like, this lady, she she's so in the comics world. Maybe she's the daughter of, like, one of the first-gen uh, <laughs> cartoonists because she's like... I will not be married to a, a creep who rules panel borders. And it's like, for a woman to eat at this era to even know what that means. <laughs> Cutting promos. She, she's got to be, she's got to have grown up in the game and know that, like, that that ain't shit. You got to have your own strip. She is right. And it's, it, it is fun. I'm glad you point out that, uh, the, the, the difference between what's happening in the panel versus the captioning. Really cool writing by Archie Goodwin on that because, like, Hard work and initiative do not go unrewarded. One day my big break came. It's not at the syndicate. It's that Uncle Marvin died and left them some cash so they can hire someone to write, draw, and ink the strip. Both of these pieces are probably lifted directly from photos yeah. and maybe even, you know, artograph projected and then you trace it off. And the the armchair viewer, listener, will be like cheating, whack, whatever. This is literally an art assignment when I was in at the Kubert school, take a photo and distill it down into a very clear, concise image. And when you see 30 different dudes' interpretations of what that is, you realize that there's a skill to it. You know, like like kayfabe and foreground elements, right. like the foliage and stuff. That like that's that's where the artist's mind comes into play. And I do think that there is a lot of lifting and and and, and tracing and stuff like that. But when we see those zombies, and that's you can't film that. It's like so you're seeing the real artist's hand. Uh, I I think of this stuff as kind of like a collage of photograph and whatever else you're using. But then you have the artistic stroke to turn it into an Al Williamson page or a Wally Wood page or a Neil Adams page. Uh, that's that's the difference. That that's like when people talk that smack on like those modern day guys from from the big two. Who, who I, there's a the popular guy who does that. Uh, that's different. Because it looks mechanical and like whack. This is Al Williamson artwork. No mistaken. And and we have these beats, right? So you have the beats with the writer who's over who's who's writing his ass off and uh doing his best, the guy who's lay, penciling and doing his best, and you see the same camera motif, the guy who's lettering and inking, and then you see this the sort of issues that every this is and by the way, this is why we can't have a manga system here in the States <laughs> because everybody wants their credit. Right, right. And I love that the only thing he's doing is ruling panel boards. Every, all yeah, the time. Nothing has changed for him, right. <laughs> except that he's got this successful strip that other people are... And, uh, and these are probably photostats, too, if you look at the drawings, just like the same drawing photostatted and then a different guy in the chair. Yeah, the way that you could tell, like, here's the original, and you look at, like, the, the definition on the forehead right there, like the hatching. Yeah, it starts to disappear. Yeah, like, so, so this is, like, the second generation uh, image. And you could see like the little like stuff right here. So like he's pasted up and then you just draw like the fresh guy. And these are different faces. You know, it's clearly the same hand, 
but Williamson is good at like not having the same the same face syndrome. Famous story with uh about Bob Kane was at the you could flip. You know what? I just want to comment. I love this cut. You know, from yeah, like their transition. little apartment to their to you know, Long Island, Connecticut, or yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, right next to Bushmiller. Uh, but uh, Bob Bob Kane was was at the DC offices, and somebody uh, Julie Schwartz, one of those guys, was like wanted him to to just change something. And he was like, oh, I'll take it home and do it. And they're like, no, we got to go to press, like, uh, you know, like tomorrow. Like, like it needs to be done right now. And finally, Bob Kane is like, okay, cool, I'll, I'll handle that. And the editor continues to do what he's doing. And, like, before the day was out, they saw that he was uh, standing over, like, Murphy Anderson like, <laughs> like, in another room, like, as Murphy <laughs> Anderson was redrawing, you know, the, the, the Batman arm. That's amazing. So these guys... They're they're drinking. The assistants end up drinking at the same same bar and complaining and bitching and realize, wait, you write it, I pencil it, you ink it. What's what's Smudge doing? What's Baldo doing? And uh, they decide they're going to go and confront him about this because they're doing everything. They're doing the entire strip, and uh, he knew this day might come, and he's ready for him. And by the way, like this guy didn't need to be a cartoonist. He's the fastest gun in the West because he, he puts three <laughs> dudes down in very rapid succession. And you would think, like, if this is the first guy to get shot, this guy should be a little scarce. Yeah, you're right. You know what I'm saying? But this guy, bah, bah, bah. Yeah, at least one of them should be on the ground. <laughs> um, I love that they all have the different jackets. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it's four different textures for jackets, which speaks to that autograph thing. You know, like you can have the photocopies, you can you can, you can can transfer it or blow it up on the wall or whatever to, uh, to get the reference correct, but you still need to distinguish them. You still need to make it your own in some way. And uh, that pays off, you know, like you, you want these guys to be distinct. They all kind of look the same, so put different jackets on them. There was this one teacher at the Kubert School, Sergio Carriello, at the time he was drawing the Azrael monthly comic book. And when Denny O'Neill was writing it, would send him the scripts. Like, he would take a weekend and basically go to places that might be close enough for uh, the scenes in, yeah. in the, in the um, comic. And, you know, he would literally you know, go to like his nearest school, like when the bus driver's like waiting for the kids, he would talk to them. I'm a cartoonist. Can I, can I take some photos like on the bus before the kids come here just to get the orientation? Uh, and he, I remember specifically a comic he was working on was at the docks, was at the wharf and he like went to That's some, cool. some New Jersey Give you something dock. to do on the weekends or yeah. the evenings, go out and get some reference and stuff for it. I kind of like that. That's neat. Makes a reference to uh, this is why he had them getting so much work done. We're working ahead of the deadline just in case something goes wrong like this. They can find three other guys. That's right. Yeah. Plenty of time. I thought he should have had a cast of like six guys and then it would have been almost perfect. Mm-hmm. You, you could be taking breaks and who's drawing what and that's, when. That's a thing, man. It's a six pager. But this is, I feel like it's this kind of stuff that like makes Archie Goodwin, Goodwin so so respected because yeah. there's not one waste. I mean, like we laugh, right? Right, yeah. But, but there's sufficient storytelling. Yeah, there's finite amount of uh, real estate here. So you got to get rid of these guys quick. Absolutely. And you know, it's also very dynamic, even though it's a guy that just sits at his desk all day. Mm-hmm. But yet we still get a variety of, of angles of blacks and whites. Like it's, there's still a way to make this interesting, even though it's essentially a, a desk job. And it, it's nice talking about the the uh, Les Daniels reprint of this. It's nice seeing this part because yeah. that gets real muddied in there. It's nice see, seeing like all the drawing going on in there. Might might be more effective in the Les Daniels just because it is muddier and less distinct. Here, here I'm really appreciating the drawing where like it's more the horror in in the other. The movie. nice piece here to me is a little bit of a callback to EC Comics, right? Yeah. A guy who's who's got that history under his belt. And uh, speaking of efficiency, like the way each of these pages ends, like 
they really do get in and out quick. Yeah. You know, because we're going to turn the page here. You know, we see the ghouls come into the studio. Cartoonist Kayfabe is brought to you by the comics that Ed Piscor and I make. If you want to support Cartoonist Kayfabe, pick up our comic books. Hulk Grand Design Monster and Hulk Grand Design Madness is my latest comic. It's in comic shops everywhere right now. A retelling of the 60-year history of The Incredible Hulk featuring me as writer, artist, colorist, letterer. This is my version of the Hulk paying homage to some of the great cartoonists that have come before me. Pick this up wherever you buy comics. Red Room Trigger Warnings, now available in comic shops everywhere. Banned in 23 countries and 11 comic shops, but even those comic shops that ban it can pick it up for you. You can pre-order or may be able to pull it out from underneath the counter. Murder on the Dark Web for fun and profit. This is the second season, but every issue is self-contained, so whichever one you come across, pick it up. It's the perfect, complete story in each issue. And the Antisocial Network is the collection of the first season of Red Room, again, available wherever you pick up your comics. Jimmy, can we look at that backdrop before we get out of here? All right, we're done paying the bills, man. Uh, let's get back to the video. I just want to like point out like one of these atmospheric things to create like a 3D effect that that Williamson does in almost every panel is like having some sort of atmosphere or smoke mm -hmm. kind of cut through in front of some stuff and sometimes behind certain things. Right. And you see it often, you know, it breaks up the shape of I mean the the, the um, pattern on the jacket a lot, and it just creates a little bit of 3D, you yeah. know, like he's very conscious of that. It's part of that dynamic thing, you know, like this word balloon breaking the panel border, I think does a little bit of that. And then he's breaking the word balloon and even the lettering sound effect, I feel like is one of those 3D elements that pops into a foreground, yeah. creates some depth. That's not ideal to, to have the last panel hand come, come to something like that, like as a storytelling piece. You might want to rethink that part storytelling wise, but... So when we turn the page, whatever happened has happened. You know, some uh -huh. time has passed. We saw the goals enter, but now nobody is there. And what is there is like some slime, like something climbed out of the river. And the drawing is left behind. But uh, that's not red ink. That's drawn in blood. Uh -huh. <laughs> it would be cool to do a reprint with like red ink for that last part. Yeah, it's, I think it's uh, duotone yeah. paper for the uh, the drawing part. Yeah, again, that, that one looks really beautiful at this size. And this is, that is Al Williamson. Yeah. Like, if you've ever seen him at that age, like, that's his hair and everything. You talk about, like, muddy reprints. Like, this would be the panel, that there's no way you're going to shrink this panel down mm -hmm. and get it to uh, reproduce well. Yeah, let's take a look real quick. Yeah, Al Williamson, like, I've seen some of the photos from his morgue, and it is, like, amazing. Gets his whole family to pose and, you know. Yeah, you can see like all of that shade just kind of goes to, to again. Black it's on it's a small. little scarier. It's a little more horrific. It is kind of that VHS effect of like like lo-fi media is a little scarier than hi-fi. Totally, I, th I think of it as like in, in horror terms, it would be like if you encountered the H.P. Lovecraft stories like in the actual pulps, uh, where it creates this context of like we're not too far away from the 1800s. Like, did this thing come from the 1800s? Like, it's just. Uh, multi-generation copy of a copy of a copy yeah you can even see like an eyeball in this version it's completely just mm -hmm. solid black here and it looks like a skull yeah you know uh i encountered this story early enough that it was maybe one of the first like introductions to the comics business or a comics business yeah. and i i really can't undersell like how much like actual stuff I kind of learned from this, just the idea that there's assistance, that, um, you know, there's a hierarchy, that there's money, that, you know, there's a guy you answer to, like, and, and 
it's kind of a touchstone, like it was early enough that it keeps sort of coming back to me too. It's kind of like, you know, you don't want to be a Baldo smudge, but then looking back, it's like, oh, maybe I took the wrong lesson. Maybe I should have been a Baldo smudge. Because <laughs> there are Baldo smudges out there. If, if you had to be one or the other, I'd rather be Baldo smudge yeah. than one of those uh, uncredited assistants. Well, because the downside of being Baldo smudge is all this supernatural stuff that you don't actually have to worry about That's in the right. real world. But like he gets the real world reward. Ba Baldo smudge like his analog today is is the comic writer who can write five five things at a at a clip and if just one of those hits their life is taken care of and uh, if two of those hits that leads to dynastic wealth where where like you know their kids are going to get to be spoiled and shit like that uh so you know he there's precedent and there is there are examples that you can point to. And it's a business model. Yeah, 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 totally. And, and we've met like a lot of wannabe Baldo smudges. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> the comics are full of those. Um, we mentioned that this is something like Eisner Miller kind of refer referenced mm -hmm. Bob Kane. Um, you could see Stan Lee being referenced well, in when this they say, as well. um, "Oh, Uncle Marvin died, and you got all his dough." I'm thinking, "Oh, is that like you know cousin Martin?" Yeah, it feels <laughs> is, like is it, taking right? care of him. Yeah, the the, the cigarette holder is. Like a Bob Kane, like Bob Kane actually smoked one of those. So <laughs> there's there's that the the Stanley thing too is that it's like you know oh ha 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 here's this like uh, you know immoral guy or whatever. But isn't this essentially what a you know comics publisher like like a like a an old school comic book publisher basically is? It's like you gather up this team of a bunch of people doing all the work, and then you know Marvel Comics, you know whether it's you know Martin Goodman or Stanley or what like Marvel Comics rakes in the rewards. So it's uh, you know and then larger than that, it's like. Capitalism, you know. So, cool story. Um, I'm pretty excited I got this reprint just because, again, I think this is prime Al Williamson. Oh, and yeah. I think the reproductions are pretty sharp. So, kind of neat to, uh, you know, that's a late era, very affordable, easy to track down. Um, but, man, Al Williamson's art is just yeah. fun to look at. And it's a cool story because it's about comics, man. you got to <laughs> love that part if you're making comics and thinking about how that works. This is a comic. Uh, this specific issue is one that uh, Steve Lieber pointed me to when I was a little kid, like, saying that Al Williamson was his guy like that was uh that's sort of for his book the best kind of black and white artwork uh of like an adventure kind of comic storytelling point of view he has that uh, you know we've talked about it quite a bit like when we look at EC stuff the idea of like you've got mm, four or five textures and from those you can do clouds you can do water you can do the variety of uh clothing you know, materials on buildings, all this stuff. And I think it really shows off in this. You know, you see those that handful of textures that he has where it's a black and white story, but you look at that page on your screen and it's it's a whole value system. Yeah, for sure. Do you see this and imagine like the Dave Sim thing of him getting his brush, using this texture to get his brush to a point so that he could ink the rest? To create, to create his <laughs> you know, Nightingale lines, you know what I'm talking about? I do, I do know what you're talking about. And I'll, I'll tell you this about the Nightingale lines. I've talked to a number of people and inkers that have tried this, and I don't know anybody that can duplicate that Nightingale line technique from The Strange Death of Alex Raymond. Yeah. So I don't know, man. If somebody's able to nail that and it works for them, I guess post it in the comments. But I have tried and tried with sable hair brushes to no, no luck. Old, old people will tell you, man, that the t-shirt material you're wearing right now is not the t-shirt material that they had as, as kids. And the sable hair brush of today was not, is not the sable hair brush of yesterday. I believe yeah. that. Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, I don't think you're allowed to be 
cutting horses' hair and, and, and doing that kind of thing anymore? Well, you know what it is, man. The sable hair comes from Russia. Yeah. And like, I don't know, a decade ago or something, there was some sort of trade embargo on that particular thing. So I think you could still get them out of England or something. You know, there were some, some things you could skirt around it. But yeah, the sable hair brush is harder and harder to come by here. Yeah. And the, and the Raphael is like the best you could do cheaply. Also, the ink has changed. Yeah, so sure. it's it's combination of everything. But I have not been able to do the Nightingale line. So maybe, maybe Al Williamson, if anybody could do it, it'd be him. But there may be other techniques that produce those lines. Seeing a... a- comics maker within a comic like i can't help seeing scott mcleod's self-portrait in baldos much i don't know if he's aware of that if it was a reference that he was making yeah this would just be a flannel shirt instead of that's a, hilarious uh, 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 what do you call that a suit jacket yeah just be it just be the round glasses you're not gonna get the eyeballs in there <laughs> i mean this, someone needs to redo this in I mean, the understanding comics style <laughs> everyone needs to redo this this is such a great template for a story that each of us could do and have our own sp- and uh, you know comics has changed i mean this is the comic strip business we're in the comic book business so there, there's a million different things you could do with this basic template and make an amazing story so man i like that idea I even want to see all the cartoonists drawing their setup now with like yeah. contemporary tools and st- stuff, Wacoms and, and everything. Go check out our uh, Dan Klaus Artist Edition uh, video because you and I spent, I think, a half hour <laughs> on, on the end papers up front, which is just a drawing he did of his own studio. Yes. There you go. <laughs> you guys good to go? Yep. Yeah. Okay, Fabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, we'll notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy, what's Hulk, out there? Hulk Grand Design Monster and Hulk Grand Design Madness, my retelling of the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk. I'm writing, drawing, coloring, lettering, doing the whole works, and it's available now in comic shops everywhere while supplies last. And please join me on patreon.com slash jimrug. Red Room Trigger Warnings 1, 2, and 3 are on the stands as we speak. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game in Red Room Comics. Banned in 28 countries. Banned in 10 comic shops. Uh, but you can order these comics at my link tree in the description below this video. You can also uh, hit up my Patreon. Uh, Check out the Red Room Comics digitally right this very minute. More than 200 pages are up there as we speak. New strips every Tuesday. Price $3. It's in the link tree in the description below. Tom, what do you have? Uh, read Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics, Fantastic Four Grand Design, American Barbarian, and uh, check out my YouTube channel, Total Recall Show. All right, Jimmy, what else do we have? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. That's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Jimmy, give them those marching orders. will be on our way. Make more comics.